Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20. Um, before uh, Melanie and I went on our vacation, um, we had started looking at uh, Exodus chapter 20, which is also the chapter known for the Ten Commandments. And that week, two weeks ago, I told you, I warned you right out of the gate, that it was going to be a little different kind of a message. And, and again, this morning, uh, it is a little bit different as well. I made the statement two weeks ago, and I believe it to be true, that other than the gospel of Jesus Christ, Exodus chapter 20 has done more to impact humanity than any other portion of Scripture. Um, there have been, in our, in our country, court battles over the right to display the Ten Commandments. Uh, it, has, it has caused controversy, but it has, it has caused men to think about how they live, has it not? I asked five questions two weeks ago. I'm going to ask the same five questions. But uh, if you were here last uh, two weeks ago, you know the answers. Uh, if you weren't, then you'll, you'll, you'll hopefully learn something. Question number one was, how many of us think that the Ten Commandments are a guide to live by? And, and most of us agreed that that would be a true statement, that the Ten Commandments are absolutely just that. The second question was, uh, are you, or, or excuse me, are they the Ten Suggestions or the Ten Commandments? Did God give us those, the, the, what we call the Ten Commandments, as a suggestion how to live? No, they are just what they say. They are the Ten Commandments. The third question was, how many of us would say that it is more than just a guide to live by, but something that is important to the heart of God. Um, uh, and again, most of us agree that that was a very true statement. What did what, what what is said in the New Testament? If you love me, what? Keep my commandments. Question number four. How many of us uh, try to live our lives according to the Ten Commandments? And again, the majority of the people in the room last week said that they tried to live by those Ten Commandments. And then it was question number five that caused many of us to really question uh, uh, our, our own uh, motivation, and it, at least it did me. And, and that, the question number five was, how many of the Ten Commandments can you list? And it took all of us to come up with all ten. In order. In order, right. <clears throat> well, if we tried, we'd probably come up with about 15. <laughs> yes. Actually, Jewish tradition... And I brought this out. So the, actually, the first part of this is going to be a little bit of review. Um, uh, the Jewish tradition says that there are actually how many commandments? 600, 613 commandments, not just 10. Try living those. See, <clears throat> the law 
the, the, the problem that the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Old, Old Testament religious people, the problem that they struggled with is they thought that the commandments were a pathway to salvation. And, and it was never intended for that. But they thought that if they could keep the Ten Commandments, that they could earn favor with God. In Galatians chapter 2, verse 16, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have uh, believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by faith of Christ, not by the works of the law, but by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. And we, and we talked about two weeks ago how people were saved. People are saved today, and, and I use the pulpit as an illustration of the cross. And people today are saved by what Christ did on the cross. And, uh, and I'm not going to talk in, in a lot of detail, but I'm just, just an or, or, uh, overview here. But in the Old Testament, people got saved by what Christ would do on the cross. Everybody gets saved the same way. Faith, grace by faith in Jesus Christ. Old Testament looking forward to the cross, we looking back to the cross. It's the same Thing. So the law was never intended as an avenue for anybody to earn their way to salvation, but to reveal to them their own inadequacies. The, 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 the Ten Commandments were to act as a mirror of sorts, and we talked a, a, a great deal two weeks ago about how it, it, the, the Ten Commandments were to reveal to us how unclean we really truly are down deep inside. <clears throat> In Luke chapter 18, and now this is a verse that I did not use two weeks ago, but I want you to look at the heart of the young, the, what we call the young rich ruler. I want you to look into his heart. As, as I read this passage in Luke chapter 18, verses 18 and following, it says, And a certain ruler asked him, being Jesus, saying, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? None is good save one that is God. So in other words, when this young rich ruler comes to Jesus and calls him good, he is literally calling him the Messiah. Okay, he knew that Jesus was the Messiah. And Jesus was reiterating that. Thou knowest the commandments. Uh, do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. And he said, all these I have kept from my youth up. What was he doing? He was acknowledging the fact that he is trying to earn favor with God. Now, when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, Yet lackest thou one thing, sell all that thou hast, distribute it unto the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, 
and come follow me. Now, I have a question here. Was Jesus really saying, uh, what, was, what was Jesus really saying to this young man? Was he really saying, hey, I want all your money? No, that, 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 has, that, 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 was not, that had nothing to do with it. What was Jesus really telling this young man? To let go of the world. See, this young man was earning his way to heaven in his mind. He was earning his way to heaven, thus making himself a good person, but he was still holding on to the things of this world. And there are times in our lives where Jesus comes to us and he says, you know what, you need to let go of the things of this world. You need to let go of these things and you need to walk with me. In other words, what was Jesus telling this young man? In other words, what he was saying is, I want your heart. Because if Jesus has our heart, he has everything. So the law, the Ten Commandments specifically, was designed by God to show us our need for a Savior to show us that we were incapable of earning our own way. A mirror of sorts, if you would. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26, that he might sanctify and cleanse it by the washing of the water by the word. See, it's not the mirror that cleanses us. It's the word of God that cleanses us. The mirror reveals let, let me let me illustrate this. <clears throat> we spent the last uh, eleven days at my son uh, my son Tim's house in in um, in Georgetown, Kentucky, and <clears throat> my son. I have taught my son how to maintain a house, but he is not doing a very good job. When when we got there, my wife. <laughs> she's like, you need to do something. And I said, what, what are you talking about? She said, there's no light in the bathroom. And I said, I said, yeah, there is, because I'd been to his house before. Well, <clears throat> picture, if you would, walking into a bathroom, turning on the light, and right over the vanity, uh, double sink vanity uh, in, in the hall bath, uh, is a light fixture, and then in the middle of the room, another light fixture, okay? Well, the one <clears throat> over the vanity had four light bulbs in it. Guess how many of them worked? <laughs> now, my wife is trying to put on makeup in the dark. She was... she. Now, Now, my question is, did that mirror do any good? No, because everything was in shadow. But a well-lit mirror reveals everything. She This morning when she's standing in our bathroom, she says, wow, I can see my face for the first time in two weeks. So you didn't do your job either. I, well, I, I, I offered to replace the light bulbs, and, he's, and my son says, oh, no, he said, I'm just going to replace the whole fixture. So why go buy light bulbs for a fixture that's going to be anyway? So hey, it's his house; he can do what he wants. 
But my point is, the mirror did not do any good because there was no light. The title of my message is, as it was two weeks ago, is the Ten Commandments. And we're going to very quickly review the first three that we talked about last week. Uh, Jesus, um, in Matthew chapter 5, um, kicks up, if you would, kicks it up a notch. Uh, in Matthew chapter t- uh, 5, verses 27 and 28, it says, Ye have heard that it is uh, said by them of old time, Thou shalt not commit adultery, but I say unto you, that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery, excuse me, with her in his heart. Okay, and we, again, we talked about this last week. <clears throat> Does the intent of the heart here only apply to the seventh commandment? No, it, it applies to all 613. So, so ultimately, what is God after in your life? Your heart. Number one, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Uh, Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through 3, or well, actually just verse 3, thou shalt have no other gods before me. We need to recognize the need that there is only one true God. Period. And End of sentence. That's it. There is only one true God. Haggai chapter 1 verses 3 through 7 says, Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, it is, uh, it, is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in uh, sealed houses, uh, and this house lie waste? Now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Ye have uh, uh, sown much, and bring in little. Ye eat, but ye eat not enough. Ye drink, but ye are not filled with drink. Ye are ye clothe you, but there is none warm. And ye that uh, earneth wages, earneth wages to put it into a bag with holes. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Now, two weeks ago, I did not use this passage in, in reference to Exodus chapter 20, verse 3. But I, as I thought about it, I thought this is a perfect example here. Can you go back, Chris, to, I think it's um, uh, verse 4. <clears throat> yes, it, it, is, it is time for you, uh, uh, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses. The word sealed there is an interesting Hebrew word, um, it has to be. It has to do with ornate decorations. So, <clears throat> what he's saying here is, okay, it's time. You have moved back to Jerusalem. You have built yourself ornate houses, but what about my house? He said, you have taken care of yourselves. You've built yourselves ornate, sealed, beautiful, beautiful houses, but you have done nothing for my house. And Haggai says, you, 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 you clothe yourselves and you're cold. You, you sow, but you, you're hungry. You, you, ha- you work 
but you put your wages in bags with, with, with holes. It's because your priorities are all wrong. There is only one true God. And you are ignoring Him. And because of that, there is no blessings in your lives. So again, Exodus chapter 20, verse 3 is all about our priorities. And we'll, get, we'll, that we'll come full circle to this verse in, in, a, in a few minutes. Number two, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven images, verses 4 to 6. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven images or any likeness of anything that is uh, in heaven above that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visit the, uh, visiting the iniquities of thy fathers unto the children, unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and so mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Plural, pluralism, and two weeks ago we talked at length about this. Again, I'm not going to spend a lot of time here. But in our world today, pluralism is, is, is running rampant in our society today. And that basically what pluralism says is you worship your God and I'll worship my God and everybody will get along because all gods are equal. Well, I'm here to tell you, not all gods are equal. Pluralism is, is illogical and unscriptural. Be, and, and it's illogical because it, it, it simply goes to the root. You cannot have multiple gods. You can only have one God. Everything else would, if you had, if you had multiple gods, then none of them would be gods. It would be confusion. It's unscriptural in, in, in many, many ways, but just the one I used a couple weeks ago, Isaiah chapter 42, verse 8, I am the Lord, thy, uh, the, I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Anything, anything, Re repeat that with me, anything, anything that takes the place of God in your life is an idol. Anything. And let me add this, anybody. Number three, thou shalt not take the Lord thy God, the, the, <clears throat> thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Verse number seven, thou shalt not take the Lord, uh, the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. There are, and I brought this out, multiple ways to take the Lord's name in vain. One of them is, is how we uh, would commonly refer to cursing. It's an amazing thing that people that do not believe in the one true God use his name when they're angry. 
that to me is verifying that they believe there is a God. But they're using his name in vain. The first part of the Lord's Prayer, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. After this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed or holy be thy name. Holy. Holy is the Lord. Okay, so that is all review. Now we're back to the message really this morning. Number four. Let's look at verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. <clears throat> Excuse me. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou, nor thy sons, nor thy daughters, nor thy manservants, nor thy maidservants, nor thy cattle, nor thy uh, stranger, uh, that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth and, and uh, the sea and all that uh, in them is and resteth the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it or made it holy. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for this day. Thank you for your love. And again, I want to th ask you that you would speak to our hearts through this passage of Scripture. And Lord, help us to understand your heart for mankind. We love you and we thank you. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. I believe, and this is my, this is my conviction, I believe out of all of the Ten Commandments that this one is the most misunderstood of them all. It's easy for us, I, I say easy, relative, I hope, hopefully you understand what I mean, but when he says, uh, have no grave, you know, don't make any graven images, I think we kind of have an idea what he's talking about. You know, when, when he says, I am the one true God, I think we understand that. But this, this passage of Scripture, this, this, this idea of the Sabbath is something that I believe that in 21st century America, or, or really 21st century world, people today have no concept of what God is trying to communicate to mankind. The Sabbath simply means rest. It, that's what it means. So basically, when he says <clears throat> to, to <clears throat> remember the Sabbath day, what he's saying is remember to have a day of rest. The president of the college, and I've shared this with, with you folks before, but I'm, I'll, I'll share it with you again. The president of the college that I went to used to say, often when he was teaching us uh, at the college, he said he used to say sometimes the most spiritual thing that you can do is take a nap. Think about that for a minute. And I the first time he said that I thought what that's kind of weird. 
But how many of you have made poor choices when you were tired? Every one of us. How, how many of us, uh, uh, what, our fuses get shorter the more tired we get? The other day, babysitting these grandkids, I was just, I was at the end of my rope. I mean, my fuse was non-existent. And my little one-year-old grandson, you, you, you know, you, you, you want to see that we are born sinners. Watch a one-year-old. I, I'm sitting next to him at lunchtime, and, and he's, he, he's picking up his food, and he's just throwing it on the floor. I mean, I mean, he's not just dropping it. He's throwing it. Well, I come unglued on a one-year-old. But why did I do that? Because I was tired. I was, my, my, my fuse was gone. See, it is important that we understand that God made us to rest, to need rest. A National Sleep Foundation says that about 70 million Americans operate on inadequate sleep. How many of you would say amen to that? Okay. <clears throat> this fatigue results in a tremendous loss of product productivity both on the job and at home. The average worker spends more than uh, one hour per day doing nothing at work. This cost American businesses over $4 billion a day. You have to understand that the Sabbath was nothing new to the Jews. In Genesis, or excuse me, in Exodus chapter 20, <clears throat> Uh, here in verse 7, when he tells, or, or in verse 8, when he tells them to remember the Sabbath, it was nothing new to them. God had already told them to make it part of their culture. In Exodus chapter 16, verse 23, and he said unto them, uh, This is uh, that which the Lord has said. Tomorrow is the rest of, uh, of the holy Sabbath unto the Lord. Uh, <clears throat> bake that which ye will uh, bake uh, today, and seeth that ye shall uh, that ye will seeth, uh, and that which remaineth uh, over uh, remaineth over lay up for you to be kept until the morning. What is what is what is the specific thing that they're talking about in Exodus chapter sixteen? Manna. Okay, because what, 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 what happened when God gave manna to the Israelites? It was only good for that one day, except for Friday. They were to pick up on Friday enough for how many days? Two days. 
because it wouldn't spoil. But every other day of the week, it would spoil within 24 hours. See, this, this idea of the Sabbath was something that God had already instilled into the, uh, into the minds of the Jews. For, for whatever reason, God saw fit to add it to the list of the Ten Commandments. Question, how far back does the idea of the Sabbath go? Back to creation. In, in Genesis chapter 2, verses 1, and three, 1 through 3, it says, Thus the heavens and the earth were, were finished, and all the host of them. And on the uh, seventh day, God ended his work which he had made. And he rested on the seventh day. Now let me ask you, did God need to rest? No. But what was he trying to do? He's trying to teach us that we need a day of rest. And he, and he rested on the seventh day for all his work which he had done. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because uh, that it uh, that in it he had rested from all his work which God uh, created and made on multiple occasions in the Old Testament God chastised the Jews for not adhering to the Sabbath And it's easy for us today to say, so what's the big deal? I mean, most companies that most of you work for operate how many days a week? Seven days a week. Most of the companies you work for not only operate seven days a week, but they operate 24 hours a day. And in 21st century America, it's easy for us to get the mentality, what's the big deal? The problem is, if we fail to rest our bodies, our bodies will what? Fail. See, the, 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 the whole intent of the Sabbath is twofold. First, it is physical. The intent, the first intent of, of the Sabbath is physical. Again, what does the word Sabbath mean? <clears throat> to rest. God simply made us to need the, to rest. There is a direct connection. And 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 any any pre-med student can verify the, what I'm about to say. There is a direct connection between rest and our health. If, if we are not resting, what happens to our health? It, it, it deteriorates quickly. Our mental health is affected. Our physical health is affected. Oftentimes when people come to me for, for counseling, for different issues, I, I, I'm not going to get specific, but 
oftentimes one of the first questions that I ask is, how much sleep do you get? Why do you think I ask that? Because it's important. Exodus chapter 23, verses 10 and 11. Is a it is is it is it is what is known as the sabbatical years. Okay, uh, Exodus twenty three verse ten it says, uh, and the sixth year, uh, 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 and and six years, uh, thou shalt sow thy land, and shalt gather uh, in the fruits thereof. But the seventh year thou shalt let it rest and lie still, that the poor of thy people may eat, that they leave the beast of the fields um, shall eat. <clears throat> and in like manner thou shalt uh, deal with thy vineyards and thy olive yards. Now, what is the principle here? Now, I'm not a farmer, okay? I, I grew up in L.A., okay? I know how to grow concrete. <clears throat> but I do know this. Go back to the Great Depression and what it was known as the Dust Bowl. What what was the ultimate cause of the Dust Bowl? They didn't rest the fields, and everything, it, it, all the all the the nutrients, all the everything that made the soil what it was, was gone. So when the when the winds started to blow, what happened? It created the Dust Bowl. God knows what the land needs. And the land, every seven years, needs to rest. What, are the, what is one of the things they tell them to do? Turn the animals out loose into the fields. Why do you do that? Manure. Manure. <laughs> In, in, in this passage where, where it says to let it rest, again, it literally means to leave it alone. Just let it go dormant. Give it an opportunity to replenish the, 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 the minerals that have been taken away from the soil. I fear uh, another dust bowl is coming to America. Because farmers today do not adhere to this. And that's what they do. They use chemicals to replenish the earth. I'm here to tell you, God knows what he's talking about. The second aspect of the Sabbath, and I'm sure you've probably figured this out, is spiritual. In verse 8, remember, anybody have an idea what that word remember means? Okay, it, it, it literally, it, it, would, it would be the same uh, uh, terminology if we were to say, if I were to go to, to Brandon and say, hey, I want you to put up a memorial so that you f- don't forget to have a day of rest. I want you to put it on your calendar one day a week 
to rest. That would probably be a better analogy to the word remember. Put it on your calendar with a timer to, 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 uh, with a notification to remind you to take a day of rest. Remember. Remember the Sabbath day and to what? To make it holy. See, we not only need physical rest, but we need to be replenished spiritually, do we not? We need that replenishment. Recently, I was speaking with someone. <clears throat> most of you wouldn't know him, but know the person I was talking to. But anyway, she is a, a, a counselor uh, <clears throat> here in, in town. Uh, she does counseling for um, uh, uh, battered, battered wives and, and that kind of thing. And, uh, well, more of a family kind of a counselor thing. But anyway, you, you, you know what I'm talking about. But anyway, I was talking with her. And she goes to a different church, and she's. I was anyway in the course of conversation. She she had kind of let it slip that she she'd not been going to church as faithfully as she needed to be. And I and I told her I said, look, I said you need to get back in church. I said because someone like a pastor. And she and in in her job capacity, she's she would be much like a pastor who's always pouring out, pouring out, pouring out. You need to to, to get poured into. And I said, if you are if you are not going to your church, it's a, it's another church here in town. I said, if if you're not going to church, you're not getting fed. You will starve to death. Why do I why do I go to conferences? Why do I listen to sermons on the internet? Why you know why do I read books and all that stuff? I do that so that I can get fed. I need that replenishing. We all need it. Look at verse 10. But the seventh day is <coughs> is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not go, uh, <clears throat> shalt not do any work, thou, nor thy sons, nor thy daughters, nor thy manservants, nor thy maidservants, nor thy cattle, nor thy strangers, nor uh, uh, strangers that uh, is within thy gates. In other words, what God was saying here, you know what? This principle doesn't just apply to the Jews. It, it, it applies to all your everybody. Every person needs rest. Every animal needs rest. That is how God made us. In the day, the, 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 the Pharisees came up with a list of 39 forbidden activities. 39 things that you could not do on the Sabbath. And I, I, I started to read all 39. I'm not going to do that uh, for time's sake. Uh, but let, let me just give you some of the, the ones that they could, they, they could not carry. They could not burn, uh, extinguish. They could not write. They could not erase. They could not cook, wash, sow, plow, plant, thresh, 
They couldn't even wave. That's work. My grandson would be in big trouble. Because right in the middle of lunch every day. What had happened? Instead of the Sabbath becoming a day of freedom, it had become a day of burden. Today, Jews that observe the Sabbath are not allowed to turn on light bulbs. They are not that turning on the light switch is work. That's sad. That has that that is not the intent that God designed the Sabbath. So let's bring it down to today and, and try and close this up and bring it into today. There is no scriptural evidence for a Christian Sabbath. I've heard different people say that Sunday is our Sabbath. Nowhere in scripture is that is that ever mentioned. We worship on the first day because of a pattern that was set by Jesus Christ. Whenever Christ appeared in his resurrected form and the day was mentioned, it was always the first day of the week. Uh, Matthew chapter 28, uh, Mark chapter 16. If you want these references, I can give them to you later. Uh, Luke 24, uh, John 20. Let me read to you an example of what I'm talking about. Uh, John chapter 20, verse 19. Um, uh, Then the same day, Uh, at evening being the what first day of the week i.e sunday when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled uh, for the fear of the jews came jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them peace be with you i want to look at a very i want to look at this sabbath idea for us today in a very practical way I have had people, countless people come to me and say, well, Pastor, you know, I'd come to church more often, but Sunday is my only day to fill in the blank. It's my only day. And, and, and most of you just said rest, and that's not what most people say. It's my only day to get my work caught up around the house. It's my only day to play. It's my only day to go fishing. It's my only day to blah, 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 blah. My point is this. That is not what God said. Now, can we rest and fish at the same time? Absolutely we can. But we're only getting one half of the idea. We're not getting spiritually fed. Rest is incredibly important to us physically, mentally, but spiritually it is absolutely vital to our 
spiritual health. The Sabbath is really about getting our priorities right. Because the reality is this, what is important to you gets done. Now, I can only tell you what we did as a family and what we do as a family, uh, and that is uh, Sundays <coughs> are, you know, we never, we never treat Sunday as a Sabbath in the sense of the Jews where they don't turn on light bulbs and stuff like that. But Sunday in our house, ever since our kids were, were babies, was a day that we just didn't do a whole lot. Sunday was not a day for all the neighbor kids to come over and play in the yard and run around and get wild. And, and, and no, we just, we just stayed home as a family. We ate together. We, we went to church two times a day. And in between churches, we just, we just rested. And that was our Sunday. That was our day of rest. It wasn't a, it wasn't a, a ritual in the sense that, you know, we made everybody, you know, that, that's not the point. But it was an important day that God has set forth in Scripture that is important. We need rest. I want you to think about something. I want, it, I want you to kind of kind of process this. Let's go back to the first commandment in verse 3. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Number one, does not God deserve one day of our week? Does he not? But when we choose to forfeit what is important to God to make it important to us, who then becomes the God? We do. See, the first and the fourth commandment are like this. That's why a few minutes ago I, I said that <clears throat> I believe the fourth commandment is the most misunderstood of all of them. Because really, the first and the fourth go hand in hand. Because if God is the God and the only God, then we will have no problem giving him one day a week and allowing him to replenish us physically and spiritually. It's all about our priorities. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, let's, as we 